0: what's going on Spurs fans my name is Tom Petrini and this is the big fundamental podcast from kent's five the official tv station of the san antonio spurs i am joined by joe reinagle and jeff garcia and we're going to get right into it today uh be honest fellas not the most fun uh past few games here Uh, and the Spurs are most certainly feeling the absence of their all-star, I'm going to say it, DeJounte Murray. Um, You know, what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Joe. What do you guys think the Spurs are missing most right now uh, that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, right? Because, you know, he's leading the team with 18 points per game and nine assists per game and eight rebounds per game, and he's, you know, really leading the team – in the stat sheet obviously on both ends of the floor but what do you think is the the less tangible part that the Spurs are missing most from him
1: well something that doesn't show up on the stat sheet obviously is his leadership you know Dejounte has really become the leader of this ball club and I think they uh they really gravitate around him they follow his lead he gets people in the right spots Uh, and I just think the team feels a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident when he's on the floor, and I really, you know, I think we've really seen that, and and I think I find it interesting that, you know, DeJounte really is not getting the credit he deserves, and maybe it's because of the Spurs' um, record. Maybe it's because of all the young players, but this guy is really a good basketball player in every phase of the game, and and by that, obviously, you, you quoted the stats, but I just think, his leadership and confidence just spreads out
0: to everybody, and they're missing that a lot. And you know, with COVID, he's he's not even on the sideline there because you know we've we've seen Thad Young being a great veteran uh, without suiting up really for this team, just sitting there talking to everybody. Right. Um, so I wonder how much the Spurs are missing that part, Jeff. I mean, you know, yeah, is this like the like? obviously without Dejounte murray right now spurs are struggling is this sort of an indication that they'd be like lost without him
2: yeah uh, he is the team's mvp this season you know i i I, you know doesn't take a genius to say this team would be a lot worse record-wise if he wasn't in spurs colors right now or he would be out for some sort of injury the thing is here too Not only do you lose that leadership with DeJounte, that floor general you're also starting to see just weird lineups going out there. You don't have Dejounte. You don't have Lonnie. You don't have McDermott. Um, uh, now you just like once in a while you don't have Cade Bates Diop, or you know he's mm-hmm. in and out. So that is going to throw off the rhythm. That's going to throw off the chemistry. What is one thing that you heard this team pound over and over again from beginning of the season till recently? Oh, we got to get our chemistry together. We got to get familiarity with one another. They got away from that kind of a buzzwords. But here it is again. When you put out a Joe Wieskamp and a Josh Primo and give them heavy minutes mixed in with a Trey Jones, uh, yeah, you, you know, they're not going to really understand one another. They're not going to be really familiar with one another on the court. So, yeah, you, you can understand why they're stumbling right now. <laughs> and uh, it, it just put it all together and – you got this mess, and the schedule doesn't help either, uh, too, Joe. I mean, how many back to backs? I thought the NBA wanted to get away with so many back to backs in succession, but here they are: the Spurs, three sets of back to backs, five and seven games. That's just ridiculous.
0: Did they say seven games and eleven nights on the broadcast last night? I like, I heard that, and I just couldn't, yeah. Like the the math wasn't math in, in my head. Uh, I'm glad you it felt brought like up like old school NBA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's getting a little crazy out there, uh, but I'm I'm glad you brought up Doug and Lonnie. We'll talk about them in a second, but um, I, I definitely just want to highlight here uh, where Dejounte is for this team, uh, you know, statistically, and and what he's producing on the floor. That you know, the next best guy on this team, it's really not like like it's a step down. And that's not anybody else's fault. It's just the way the team is constructed this year. Uh, He's throwing 62 passes per game. Uh, Mm -hmm. The second highest is Jakob Pertl at 44. Uh, Creating 16 potential assists per game. Second highest is Derek at 10. Mm -hmm. 22 assist points per game on this team. That's huge. So he's accounting for 40 points with scoring and assists per game. uh, With all of the other stuff he does on the floor. you know, I, I personally think he's an all-star this year. Uh, as Spurs fans have been great and banging the drum. Uh, hashtag DeJounte Murray, hashtag NBA all-star. Uh, <laughs> if the Spurs have an all-star this season, there's no doubt it's him. And, um, you know, I, I think that if the Spurs can continue to play well when he's in there, uh, which he will be tonight against Boston, we just got word, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a different-looking Spurs team, certainly, than the one that we've seen uh, in the last five games. I mean, mm-hmm. I said it last night on Twitter, but, like, DeJounte is the engine of this team, yep. and they're going to struggle to drive down the block without him. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how cars work, you know? Yeah. So um, it's it's been kind of tough to watch. Uh, Doug and Lonnie, I mean, those are your first and third Highest volume three point shot makers on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, That's an area where this team has really struggled in, uh, you know, the past couple of seasons, really, Uh, and they remain out in the health and safety protocols. Um, And Keldon Johnson. I mean, Mm -hmm. Pop was asked last night, uh, you know, what do what have you seen from Keldon Johnson's play? You know, was what do you think's going on? And he just said. Keldon's not playing well, and he got up and left the press conference. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and he's not. In, the, in these yeah. games, he's not. And, I mean, he, he went 10 of 12 from the floor, 27 points in that first game against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Huge. Mm-hmm. Incredible. He, he, and on that night, he was leading the league in season three-point percentage. Crazy. He's been crazy efficient. Since then, 13 points on five of 13, six points on two of 12, 12 points on four of 18, and six points on three of 13, four of 20 from three, not exactly blazing it from there. Uh, And for me, it's been the decision making, right? I mean, you guys can can tell me if I'm wrong, but even in the game last night, like I made baskets. I'm two of those three main baskets that he had last night it was like he got the ball he was wide open at the three-point arc and then it was just like a loading wheel and you know and then he took his next steps very unconfidently ball went mm-hmm. in the hole. what's what's going on there so is this i mean simply the case of a wing finisher, who's not much of a creator himself, missing his point guard a lot? Or is there something bigger going on here?
1: I think there's something bigger going on here. He uh, obviously he's not playing well. And I think, you know, we, we got to remember that Keldon's is still, he, he's a young man, right? Yep. He's still a very young man. And he's not experienced in the NBA. I mean, he's not, let's face it. And so when things start to go wrong, I mean, that gets in your head. It does, and I think it's really gotten into Keldon's head right now, and I think he's pushing. and I think you, you mentioned it, Tom. You know, when you, when he gets a wide-open look and he doesn't take the shot right away, he's thinking, man, what do I got to do? Is my elbow in the right spot? You know, are my feet right? I mean, I just think he's thinking when a guy's in a role and in a rhythm, he's not thinking about any of that. He's just letting it fly, and I think mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing from Keldon right now, and I think, you know, it just if I was a fly on the wall between Pop and Keldon uh that's probably what Pop is telling him. Look, man, just let it go. Let it fly. Yeah. Don't think about it. And just play basketball. Uh and I think Keldon will snap out of this. But I, I just think again that that you know, Spurs fans have to take a look at this team and realize that it is a work in progress. It, it is a bunch of young, talented players that are gonna go through growing pains. And I think that's what you're seeing with Keldon Johnson right now. And and uh, I don't think it'll last long. I really don't. He's Ain't too either. talented a ball player. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it'll last long. But right now, he's struggling for sure.
2: Look, all, all NBA players, whether they're a rookie to a seasoned vet, they're going to have their moments during a season where they're just off. And right now, that's Kelden Look at Jason Tatum. You know, he recently had a bad slump. And it just happens. But it gets highlighted uh, for Keldon because it's a rebuilding season. You know, they want to see if these guys are taking the next step. There was a lot of expectations on KJ to be the man this season. And quite frankly, he's come up a little short this season. I, I think too, Joe, I you know, to you get your thoughts on this, is he's dare I say is this is his sophomore wall. You maybe you don't mm-hmm. count that bubble season, you know, where he got recalled and all right, the way through right. the season. You know, so then he goes to the, he has the bubble season, which was just different. But now this is his first real full 82-game season in the NBA. This is the closest he's gotten to it, and he hit a wall. And I think that's just natural for all young guys in the league uh, to experience. I do agree with you, Joe. I think he will snap out of this. His pedigree uh, just shows that he will. I mean, look look who coached him in college. and I mean, that, that sums it up right there uh, uh, to now he has Popovich. Uh, but – the one thing I just wish Kelden would do was, if his shot's not falling, just try other ways to help the team. He tends to just default to the, I'm going to put my head down and barrel through the lane and see what happens and go for his shot. I would love to see him facilitate a little bit more. Maybe work on a mid-range game. Because right now, now Kelton is just three or rim. That's it. He's three or rim. And that makes it easy for defenses, Tom.
0: Well... I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of players trend in that direction, right? And, you know, in the beginning of the season, I was excited when he was getting more, like, mid-range reps, you know, like, you know, even some, some post-fades and things like that. And it was like, oh, he's trying new things. <laughs> I think over the course of the season, you know, you have to refine what you do really well and what you're mm-hmm. still working on. And, and, you know, I think. Point in the secret catch and shoot three point shooter. Mm-hmm. That's something that's in his bag easy. Yeah. Um, he's uh, aggressive to the rim. Uh, he hasn't been finishing very well yeah. there of late, certainly. Um, but I mean, he's still the second leading scorer on this team. Um, I, I think that in the absence of Dejounte Murray, he might be not just thinking too much, Joe which I think you're you're dead on there. He's definitely overthinking the game, but I think he's also maybe trying to do a little too much. Yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know, for for a young player who's still learning like that, obviously you want him to be thinking and learning and growing, but at the same time, you know, if all of a sudden he feels like, okay, our leading score is out, I'm the second leading score, I need be that, dude. you know, he's putting some pressure on him, and maybe uh, he's not really making the best reads, um, you know, because it, it does seem to be more of a mental thing to me in his own mind than the defense is figuring him out. Because if all you got in the NBA is, you know, six, 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 seven shredded muscle and three point shots and, and dunks. You'll make a good living. I mean, you can. You can. There is a role for you there. Um, I think what we're seeing, kind of pushing up against the limits of where he is right now as a player in his role, uh, and when he gets beyond those boundaries, it gets a little dicey. It's all part of learning yeah, and growth. Yeah, um, yeah. He he sure.
2: he, he. Definitely. Um, uh, need, look look. Myself, you, Tom, Joe. I mean we agree with Popovich. Popovich said this season that the one thing that Kelly needs to work on is just have more finesse in his game. We've Popovich said it, you know, and I think that's what he lacks right now. Just a finesse style to it. He's, he's a, he's a bully player. He's a, they call him the big body for a reason. So, and he, he lends to that, but if he could just add a little bit more finesse to his game, I think that'll bode well for him in the future, but let's not forget everybody listening in this is a rebuilt season. So mm-hmm. when you're seeing KJ struggle this way, that's part of a territory of a rebuild is the team gets better. Individual players get better. And I do agree with you, Joe, he will get better as the season. progresses. Yep.
0: One guy who I think we should talk about who has stepped up, uh, a, a significant amount, I'd say in the absence of DeJounte Murray is Derek White here. Um, His scoring average is still just under 15 points per game in the last five. Uh, But he's kicked his assists up uh, by three per game. He's averaging 8.6 assists per game in this stretch here. And, I mean, multiple career highs already. Uh, He had a a 14-assist game uh, just the other night. So uh, we've definitely seen him take a bigger mantle in terms of the playmaking. Um great defense, although he got in trouble last night with the fouls. Still not his best shooting yet. Uh Jeff, we'll start with you. Where do you see uh Derek at this point in his journey in the season? Um, you know, obviously not the best start for him, but you know, are, are you seeing signs of growth and life and improvement?
2: I I think he's still the Derek White that we've seen in the uh, past couple seasons, you know. Um he facilitates, which is great. You know, when the departure of Demar Derozan happened, you know, via trade, you're wondering, okay, well, who's going to pick up that slack? You know, Demar was the leading facilitator for San Antonio in the time he was here. So, you know, Dirk White definitely has stepped up in that department. He's still scoring. He's still giving you that defense. Uh, you know, he's taking charges left and right. He probably missed two, two more teeth. Two teeth by the time you're listening to this episode of Big Fundamental. I mean, the guy just nails on that <laughs> defensive end. The thing is with him, though, is his three shots still tends to be a sore spot. When you look at his stats, uh, I'm not too sure, Tom, you probably have the numbers there. I think that either this is currently or maybe second worst three point shooting uh, of his career, uh, which doesn't bewilder well him financially, because um, according to uh, ESPN, uh, their uh, financial breakdown, if Derek White hits 183 threes this year, he gets a big bonus. He's nowhere near that right okay. now. So now even that is motivating him to hit the three. So you, you, you but yeah, overall, I, is, I think, yeah, it's one of the worst. He's
0: a car- he's a career thirty four percent three point shooter. Uh, mm-hmm. Career high was almost thirty seven percent two seasons ago. Yeah. This year, twenty nine percent. He's up at thirty three percent over the past five games. Still not mm-hmm. great. Um, not great. Yeah. But you know, th- this is a guy who we know can at least hit reliably from out there on a on a pretty high volume Uh, right hasn't really done that this year so it's it's been uh a a tough sled for uh, him I think yeah but for me
2: though it's just like I don't know aside from the three shot I mean Joe you can chime in if you want I don't know if, if this is his ceiling is this it this is the derek white we're going to get this year next year until whenever his career is over in san antonio
1: you know that very well could be i mean yeah everybody's been waiting for derek white to break out and do something right and and uh he he shows flashes but consistency right has been the issue i think that's been the thing Mm -hmm. um and and so you know maybe injuries have caused that and that's kind of derailed things but you know, I, I'd still, i still bet on Derek White. I'd still give him some time to see if mm-hmm. that comes, but it, you, it very well could be. You know, he came in very highly. Um, you know, everybody was high on this guy, thinking he was going to be the answer and he was going to be the guy. But uh, maybe he's just not the guy. Maybe he's just a piece in the puzzle, and uh, and 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 he's not the guy that you that we all thought he might be.
2: I think he's in his fifth year. I think- this is his fifth year. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a big sample size right here, guys, and this could be Derek White.
1: It could. And be, I mean, but he keep was, in mind, he, a, injuries have played a part in this whole
0: thing. Uh-huh. Sorry, Tom. Right. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, no, this is his age twenty-seven season. Remember, because he was, yeah. you know, a senior. Oh, yeah, when he, he was, was a four-year. Him. Yeah, he was a four-year um, guy. Yeah. So it's it's definitely. I mean, it's it's time for Derek White to show us. We're, we're approaching his athletic prime here and, and mm-hmm. the meat of his NBA career. Um, I'm interested to see what he'll be able to do uh, if, if he's able to just stay healthy. Um, but I think in terms of the consistency, he's been consistently who he is. It's just the consistent next level that he's trying to reach. Um, because, you know, for some guys on the team like Lonnie, it's consistency period that is yeah. the the thing that needs work. Um, and one of the one of the things that you get when you get a, a four year player is somebody who's got the experience, who's a little more ready made, who has a really high mm-hmm. feel for the game. Um, and I don't think there's any denying that uh, who he is as a player pairs really well in the backcourt with DeJounte Murray. Um you know, obviously, you want him hitting more of that outside shot. I don't know how many Spurs fans and and thinkers had uh, Dejounte Murray being the the more accurate shooter at this point in the season of the yeah. two. Um, but you know, I I think there's again still learn room to learn and grow. Um, and speaking of which, we would be remiss if we didn't at the end here talk about Becky Hammond. Coach Becky Hammond, WNBA oh, yes. legend, Becky Hammond. finally getting a head coaching job with uh, a team that she played for, formerly the Stars here in San Antonio now the Las Vegas Aces. Um, I, I know you you talked about uh, her wh- what she said in the in the show there, uh, Joe. One thing that really stuck out to me that she said, Uh, a a quote that like will will ring in my ears for a long time. Uh, The biggest barriers that I overcame were in my own mind. Uh, That that was really powerful to me. But she also talked about some of the barriers that she faced uh, as a uh, potential talked about how what she heard was that uh, she'd only been in San Antonio. And she'd never been a head coach before. Uh, the Greg Popovich coaching tree, I would say, <laughs> indicates that plenty of people who have only been in San Antonio and only been assistant coaches wind up with uh, NBA coaching jobs. So mm-hmm. um, definitely, sort of a window into what happened there with uh, you know some some of those job opportunities. Um, definitely, just want to get your guys' thoughts on. A, what this means for for Becky and the W, but uh, also what it means for for the Spurs. Joe, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I think it's huge for the WNBA to have a Becky Hammond back. uh, She's gonna represent that league. She's gonna elevate that league. uh, And so I think it's great for the WNBA. What I'm sad about, Tom and Jeff, is the fact that it seems to me, and this is just my opinion, but that the NBA, for whatever reason, or NBA teams or general managers, or maybe even players for that matter, just don't seem to be ready for a female head coach. And I think that became pretty obvious. And the reason I say that is you've got a lot of first time uh, head coaches, Chauncey Billups comes to mind, Uh, Steve Nash comes to mind. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that excuse really is, it doesn't wash with me that you've never been a head coach and you've only been in San Antonio, uh, Ime Yudoka is another one that comes to mind who was in San Antonio. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so it, it, it really leads me to believe that there is some sort of a, a bias perhaps against that first one. And I think it's going to take that first one to open the door for others as we move forward. Everybody thought it was going to be Becky Hammond, and it still may be. I mean, let's face it, maybe she goes to, to Vegas and, and, and wins a championship or two there and opens some people's eyes in the NBA and she comes back. And, um, but I think there, there is, whether it's, you know, on purpose or just in the back of people's minds, um, I, I think there is that that, that, that folks are just a little unwilling to roll the dice and be the first to hire the first female head coach.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, as much as uh, it is a great, great honor, a good milestone for Becky to uh, take her talents to the coaching sidelines of the WNBA. You know, I, I think, you know, if she has stuck around in the NBA, I wouldn't mind seeing her maybe take a job in the G league. I mean, I think that would have been good as well. Another good alternative. Hey, go cut your teeth in the G league, you know um, you know, a path that it works well for players and also works well for Spurs coaches Look at Taylor Jenkins out of Memphis. Look at Quinn Snyder out in Utah. So mm-hmm. I mean that is a path I think I wish was open I wish she maybe pursued a little bit but nevertheless yeah I mean WNBA you know they are they 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 have a you know a coaching face of the of the league now you know tickets are going to sell in Vegas for that and that 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 Las Vegas Aces team is going to be really fun to watch uh when they yeah. get their season going all in all good move for Becky it was not going to happen in the NBA at least not right now The door is not shut on a return. Who knows? Maybe whenever Pop does decide to call it a career, and I don't know how long her her contract is in Las Vegas. If it is, just maybe finagle a way out. Who knows? But if Bryn Forbes can go win a title with the Bucks, Becky can go cut her teeth with the Vegas (laughs) Aces and come on back to San Antonio. Uh, All in all, it just beefs up her resume, though. If and when the future does present an opportunity to the NBA, You know, she has that mark on her resume to say like, oh, and by the way, Team X, NBA uh, team, I have head coaching experience at a professional level. Check it out. And look what I've done. So it's a good move for her. It's it's a good move for San Antonio. But you you just got to wonder, what does this mean for Pop? How much longer is he going to stick around? Because if it was her, if she was the heir apparent, then... You know, maybe they could have told her that, yeah, you know, you're up, but maybe they just don't know where Pop is uh, is leaning towards right now.
0: She was the most obvious heir apparent. She's the only heir, yeah. heir apparent, in my opinion. Well, I thought the same thing with Coach Budahoser.
2: I thought the same thing with yeah. K- Ime, I mean, uh, with uh, Tori Messina. Um, that didn't happen. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not too shocked this happened that, uh, you know, like what, who we think would take over. Doesn't happen. It happened again. This is the third time. Budenhoser, Messina, Brett Brown, and now Hammond. Why
1: would why would look, Pop wanna leave though? I mean, seriously, what 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 yeah. pop still is, is obviously at the top of his game. I think he's having a good time with these young players that he's brought in. He's actually coaching these guys now again. And I mm-hmm. think he's enjoying that. I, I don't see Popovich leaving anytime soon, honestly. I mean, what else is he going to do at this point in time? And Again, if he was if he was ill, if if he had some yeah. issues, I mean, I think he's still at the top of his game and I think he wants to to try and build another winner here in San Antonio before he calls it a day and and I just don't see him hanging it up like everybody else, you know, after this year or after next year. I think he sticks around several more years.
0: All right. Well, that's I mean, it would it would be surprising to a lot of people, but I don't think to somebody who watched his entire career like you, Joe. Um, one last thing on on Becky. Um, I think that it's it's really important. One of one of her most important messages was that um, basketball is all the same, and she wanted to be a head basketball coach, uh, and she had no intentions of leaving the NBA, um, but. The Vegas Aces gave her not just a record setting deal, not just five years and making her the highest paid coach in, in the history of the league, but um, they put her in a situation to, to be the head coach and GM of a team. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, she, she made it very clear I don't see this as a step back for me. You know, this is a step forward. This is not a downgrade. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I agree. You know, I, I think. I think a lot of people are gonna have silly things to to say about like you know uh how oh it's evidence that she wasn't good enough to make it at the n b a level or you know this this is a step down blah 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 I'm sure all of those people will be men uh and you know that's just how it is and unfortunately that's that's still kind of uh something that women not just in coaching but in sports in general have to deal with uh so so proud of becky hammond so happy for her we're gonna miss her dearly here uh Absolutely. most of what i saw from san antonio spurs fans was man i'm sad that she's not going to be the next coach yeah. here Yeah, very um, sweet. and I, I think that's just the the over overwhelming feeling here in san antonio um because everybody here has such deep respect for her not just as a trailblazer in the sport uh mm-hmm. but as a coach
2: I know you're wrapping this up, Tom. Yeah. I know you're wrapping this up, But just really quick, I was at a recent Spurs game to tell you how much she connects with the fans. Um, watching the Spurs warm up, Becky comes out from the tunnel. She grabs a basketball. She starts warming up herself. And there's some fans there that are, you know, hey Becky, hey how's it going? We love you and everything. She stops in front of the the those, the, the fan seats, looks over there, starts talking with them. Then I hear him. Uh, the guy starts drinking his beer, and he starts, "Oh yeah," and he's chatting with her. She looks at the beer, she says, "Oh man, I can go for one of those right now." <laughs> so she really, she really connects with the fan base, and it's just good to
0: see that. <laughs> just a, a kind and wonderful person uh, who no has spent a lot of time yeah. here in San Antonio as a home. So. um we're, we're all going to miss you here, Becky. Uh, yeah. But she is staying with the Spurs through the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be imparting more wisdom and more wishes for alcoholic beverages onto fans and <laughs> players alike, I'm sure. Uh, no, we love you, Becky. Uh, thank you so much for always being generous with your time. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Big Fun Pod. We know you guys are busy, Joe and Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you can see under, underneath us, right here, where you can follow us on the tweeters. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys, and go Spurs, guys. Yeah.